You know, these are things that are just tricks of the trade that will help you be more successful. And if your doors are full overlay, are they or are they not? Are they what now? Do When your cabinet door closes, do you see any of the cabinet box around it, like a frame, or d- does the door cover it? Yeah, it does. Well, it it, uh, flushes up against the frame of the cabinet. So that's, you know, a blessing and a curse, because then you can ignore the box, or you can also work on the box while it's in place to strip that down as well. And in that case, the Rock Miracle is really good because it's really, like, thick, so it'll stay on in a vertical position as well. So, you know, those are some good things, and you may have to apply it more than once depending on how well adhered your stain currently is. I mean, you really got to see. And then keep in mind... That depending on the species of wood, the type of color that you might get from the stain that you've selected to go on there might be a little different. So you might want to work on a backside or a smaller area just so you can see how it will react and what color you'll actually end up with. Thank you, then. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Pam in Vermont is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? I have a oak staircase. You can walk in my front door and the slate. There's a slate walk, like, entryway. And then there's an oak staircase going upstairs. It's really pretty. But I'm scared to death. Kids are going to just slide right down the whole staircase and end up on the the rock. I found some spray stuff, and it, it looks like they put sand in clear paint. And I'm wondering if I put that on... Am I going to ruin the staircase? There's a line of products called Slip Doctor, and they make products for wood, for vinyl, for stone. And with any of those products, what I would suggest you do, because you want to make sure uh, that it's going to clean well after it's on. It's not going to you know, attract, attract dirt. So try it in an inconspicuous area, like maybe your neighbor's house. <laughs> I could do that. And see how it works, you know? I mean, no, try try it like, I don't know, in a closet or even take, get a board, finish it with urethane, spray it on the board, see what it looks like and, and really test it out before you commit your staircase to it. Yeah, my concern is that, you know, how difficult would it be to clean? You know, it's like you're taking a, a shiny wood surface and now making it textured is dust and dirt going to stick in there but i mean it's a staircase so how much do you get there you know you really got to give it a test run yeah i wouldn't want it to be tacky all the time you know you you, you wouldn't be able to dust no i wouldn't want it to be tacky but i also want to make sure that they my kids are barefoot half the time too so i want to make sure they can still walk on it yeah and the other thing that you can consider doing though is you could add a carpet runner right down the middle of the stairs have it professionally installed so that the center of the step has a carpet runner on it and the sides are still exposed i mean that's that's kind of the way we did our staircase in an 1800s house. And, you know, it, it takes that issue away. It's not slippery. You walk up the carpet in the middle of the stairs and you can still see the finished railing on the edge of the step, edge of the treads. Yeah. So I think maybe that would be a good solution if the other doesn't work. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement questions, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Whenever you have a question about what you are working on, we can give you a hand at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, storms that pop up late summer and early fall can be the most severe and also the most damaging as we learned right here when Hurricane Sandy struck. We'll have some tips on how you can stay storm ready well into the season after this. You live in a body pit. Body pit. 
benefit is brought to you by Chamberlain Garage Door Openers. With a battery backup for when the power goes out and MyQ technology that alerts you when your door is open so you can close it from anywhere. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. And you'll get your name tossed into the Money Pit hard hat because we're giving away the Four Seasons of Clean prize pack from Zep Commercial. It also features the Zep Quick Clean and other Zep home cleaning products. That's right. You're going to get the Quick Clean Disinfectant, which is an all-purpose home cleaning product that you can use on most non porous surfaces. It's going to kill 99.9% of bacteria in only five seconds and kills most viruses in under two minutes, which makes it perfect for the kitchen and bath. You can visit zepcommercial.com to learn more. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Give us a call right now for the answer to your home improvement question. Now we're heading over to Nebraska where Dan's on the line with a mold situation. What's going on? I put up a pole building three years ago and uh, it's a 48 by 36 and 10-foot side walls. And I finished off about 700 square feet on the inside, and she rocked it, put R30 in the ceiling, R19 on the walls, and it's got a 4-inch slab concrete base to it. And this spring I went out there, and I had mold all over everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's causing that. I, uh, the first two years, I never had a bit of problem. Well, it's been a very wet year. Now, you have no heat in this building, I presume? I heat the bathroom, uh, it, which is about 8 by 10 during the winter here in Nebraska, and the rest I don't heat. Well, look, mold needs three things to survive. It needs moisture, it needs air, and it needs food. And all of those things are available in that pole building. Your walls are made of drywall, I presume? Uh, yes, sir. Sheetrock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Drywall, yeah. So the paper face on that is terrific mold food. And you have moisture there. You have plenty of air. And you're not heating it, so the humidity is always pretty high. And that's why you're growing mold. So you need to at least ventilate that building if you're not going to heat it to keep moving the air through it so it doesn't, the humidity doesn't come, become quite as high. But at this point, if you've got all that mold, that has to be treated. Yeah, and I've done that. I've gotten that all out of there uh, right now. But I, I and I put a dehumidifier in there just okay, to. Uh, okay, well that'll help. You know, and it took me like two and a half days, and I got it down to like thirty percent. So it, it came right down. Do I need to seal the floor, the concrete floor, in there? Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily the cause of the problem. I don't think it's a bad idea to to seal the floor. But I think that this is just a condition of the fact that you've got a, a damp building there with no central heating system, with plenty of drywall, plenty of moisture, and plenty of air. So just because of the conditions, the mold's going to grow. Now, there, there were other ways that you could have constructed these walls. For example, there's a, there's a product called Dens Armor, which is a fiberglass-faced drywall that's specifically designed not to grow mold because it's not organic. But with paper face... Uh, in an unheating building like that, I'm not surprised that it grew that that, that it grew. Well, I am surprised it took two years, but it might just be that it was just so moist uh, this last year that it really took off. Uh, how do I uh, how do I go ahead and vent that building? Well, what I would do is I would probably have a, a fan in there that was based on the humidistat. So when the humidity got really high, that it would kick on and and draw air uh, out of that building, kind of like having an attic fan but on a humidistat instead of a thermostat. 
right? That plus the, plus the dehumidifier should help you keep the moisture to a minimum. But keep an eye out for mold because, you know, it, once it gets started, then it really can take off quickly, and it sounds like that's what happened in this case. So if you catch it sooner than later, you're going to be much better off. Yes, I, I want to try to eliminate it completely, so uh, I'll try that. Uh... All right, and when you do find the mold, when it gets there, you make sure you treat it properly so that you kill the mold spores. Don't just try to scrub it off because it'll come right back. you got to treat it to kill the mold spores, then clean off the rest. All right, Dan, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, homeowners across much of the country have experienced heavy rains and some flooding this summer. And when the forecast calls for severe weather, it's important to make sure that you're ready for the storm. Here's a tip to help you do just that, presented by Kohler Generators. Homes with basements should have sump pumps, and they should have the sump pumps installed so that you can remove the excessive groundwater that often forms after a storm. But it's also important to make sure that system is in working order before the storm strikes. Now, in some cases, the sump pump may not have run for months, maybe years, which is a good thing, unless, of course, you need it. So one thing you might want to do is test your sump pump. So fill the sump with water from a hose and make sure that sump actually comes on, that pump actually comes on and does the job it's supposed to do. Yeah. Now, a failed system in the middle of a heavy rain could actually result in a flooded basement, which could cause damage to the floor or the walls or a whole host of personal items that, of course, you're storing down there. And most sump pumps are going to run on electricity. So battery backup is an excellent idea, but most backup batteries are only going to run for a limited time, but a standby generator is going to keep your sump pump running if a major storm knocks out power for an extended period of time. Yeah, that's why we strongly recommend standby generators. It really takes care of not only your sump pump, but your refrigerator, your lights, all the important things that you need to operate when your power gets knocked out. And this severe weather tip is presented by Kohler Generators, running on clean propane or natural gas. A Kohler standby generator is permanently installed outside your home and comes on automatically within seconds of a power outage. To learn more, visit KohlerGenerators.com. Now we've got Norma from Delaware on the line who wants to know what size pipes you need to get good pressure in the bathroom. Norma, that sounds like a personal question. What's going on at your money pit? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to install a shower panel. Okay. And I, in order to get, you know, good the right pressure... Right. How long, how how big do the pipes need to be? You said you want to install a shower panel. So is this one of these units where it comes in and then fans out to multiple spray heads? Yeah, the the jets, right. How's your water pressure right now? Pretty good. Yeah. Well, my house is about uh, eight years old. Oh, if it's only eight years old and you have pretty good water pressure, you should be okay with this. I will say though that the water pressure coming out of multiple shower heads is not going to be as invigorating as coming out of a single shower head. So it's going to give you good coverage, but it may not be as uh, as strong. And I don't think there's much that you can do about that. If you've got normal street pressure, that's how those shower panel units are designed to work. But just be mindful that it's it's not likely to be as strong when it's going to come out of multiple heads because you basically just need more water to do that. Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, I inquired with the builder, and he told me that from from the basement to the shower floor, I have three quarter pipes, and then from the from the floor to the shower head, half an inch. And that's typical. That's typical. So you know that that doesn't change anything. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you so much for your help. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. 
Lester in Tennessee is on the line with a squeaky, noisy floor situation. Tell us what's going on. Well, I got some uh, a split-level house, and uh, the master bedroom and the garage are on the ground floor, and right above the uh, on the second floor, the floorboards squeak when you walk. It's carpeted flooring, and as you walk across the floor, you can tell exactly where that person is heading and what they're doing based on the uh, squeak in the uh, in the floor and uh, because it's over the uh, uh, master bedroom my wife has a hard time sleeping when I'm upstairs walking around and vice versa but we need a resolution so now the reason why you're getting a squeaky noise is because there's some movement between the subfloor and the joists so when somebody steps now you've got nails that have backed up and you've got the you know the subfloor and the joist sort of rubbing together which is giving you that squeaky sound now with the carpet Totally not the end of the world. You do need to be able to identify, though, where those squeaks are coming from, and you'll sort of have to do this in tandem. One person in the master bedroom, one person upstairs sort of stepping so you can kind of isolate where the sound is. And once you know where that sound is coming from, now you have to locate exactly where that joist is under the carpet and under the subfloor, because what you need to do is reattach that subfloor to that joist. And you can do that once you know exactly where everything is with a nail You know, that's totally fine, and you'll have to use a nail, unfortunately, because of the carpet situation, and you'll hammer it actually through the carpet, reattaching the joist and the sheathing, and then once you've got that all put together, you sort of grab the rug by the nap and lift up, and you'll sort of pop that nail through the carpet and just... It'll still do its job of connecting the the joist to the underlayment. Does that make sense? And the type of nail that you use is important. You want to use a galvanized finish nail. Galvanized because it's rough on the outside and has more holding power. And finish nail because it has the smallest kind of head. And this way, the nail can be driven through the carpet or the carpet can be pulled up through the nail head. And you won't see it when it's done. And one more tip, when you're looking for that floor joist, you could use one of the newer, like the Stanley stud sensors that are available today, super accurate, and they can they can go pretty deep into a floor. So they'll go through the carpet, through the subfloor to locate exactly where those joists are because it's really critical that when you place that nail, you know that you're going to hit the floor joist underneath. Okay, great. And uh, those are new on the market because I have some older ones. You think I need to buy something or rent something? The stud sensors? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're new and they're pretty expensive. They start at about twenty bucks. But you can certainly try the one you have, and if and if you if it doesn't work, then you can go out and pick up a new one. Oh, twenty bucks is probably worth uh, the sleep that my wife's not getting. <laughs> exactly. Lester, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Still ahead, are you envious of those terrace backyards with several levels of entertainment possibilities? Are you thinking that they just cost a fortune? Not if you do the work yourself. We're going to teach you how after this. The Money Pit is presented by Quick Crate Concrete and Cement Products. Quick Crate, what America's made of. Like us on Facebook and visit online at www.quickcrete.com for product information and easy step-by-step project videos. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement project. So help yourself first. Pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 
Brian in Washington, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Last summer, I repainted the exterior of my house, and I used quite a few nails to kind of shore up some different things. I also fixed a window. And uh, after I repainted, I used galvanized nails, but this year I already have a lot of bleeding of rust from the nails coming through. So I, was, uh, I also did some caulking between the the pieces of wood, and that seems to be peeling out already. So I was just wondering if there was something that I could, you know, go over the heads of the nails with, something quick, something that I didn't have to redo the whole side of the house. When you did the side of the house last summer, did you prime it, or did you just put the paint over the old paint? Um, lots of primer. Lots of primer? Yeah. What kind of primer? Like, a, was it a latex primer or oil primer? What was it? Uh, gosh, I don't know that. I didn't buy the paint, but uh, we put it. But you did prime. You primed over those nail heads? Yes, we did. Yes. And it's coming through. Because generally, well, you say you use galvanized, so that's good. Was this cedar um, siding? No. It's just um, conventional standards. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it seems like the, the nails, the galvanized coating on the nails didn't really stand up very well. But generally, the advice is this. When you finish nailing off that, you need to spot prime those nail heads. But if you're telling me you already spot primed them and the the stain's coming right through, then um, I'm not really sure that we have any other suggestions for you. There are differences in the quality of primers. Um, I would always recommend an oil-based primer over a latex primer when it has a stain issue to deal with because it tends to seal it in better. So that's the only additional thing you might want to try is to sand those down to the heads and then touch them up with an oil-based primer and paint them again. All right. I guess that answers my question. All right, Brian. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Marion Maryland's on the line with wood-eating bees. Ah! <laughs> Mary, welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you? My porch is being attacked by wood bees, and it has been under this attack for actually a couple of years now. Right. And um, there's sawdust on the floor, and there's holes in the ceiling. And I would like to know if there's some way that I could get rid of them without actually killing them. Have you tried to ask nicely? I have. I really have. In fact, I even took some mosquito spray out and thought maybe if I just sprayed around the holes, they wouldn't like that and would go away. But Yeah, well, unfortunately, the answer is no. Um, what you're talking about is carpenter bees. And once they find a place that they like, they will come back there over and over and over again because it's very tasty. So um, your options are to um, have them sprayed with uh, an insecticide. They use a powdery insecticide that they spray into the holes that will permanently discourage them from coming back because it will, it will kill them. But there's, there's nests in there, and that's, what, uh, that's why they're going in. They're drilling those holes to go in and lay eggs. So they're going to keep coming back. The other thing to think about doing is if you want to do some construction work is you can change the wood areas of the that they're eating to a composite material like Azac. I did that on, on a garage that we have on our uh, property. It looks like wood. It looks like sort of that white pine trim that we see around, but it's a composite. It's made out of CPC, the same kind of uh, plastic that plumbing pipes is made out of but it's got air cells in it, so it really cuts and looks like wood. You can even paint it. And once I did that, it was funny. The carpenter bees kept coming back to it because they thought it was wood too. But I can imagine they're thinking, it looks like wood, doesn't taste like wood. And uh, once they figured out that it wasn't wood, they never came back again. Oh, wow. Well, that's a good thing. All right, so check it out online. It's azek, A-Z-E-K, dot com. And thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Bill in Florida has an interesting question that probably has an equally interesting story that goes with it. How on earth did you spill a milkshake on your television, sir? Well, it's not a milk. You know the uh, the uh, the old folks drink Ensure. Yes. Okay. It's called and it's a chocolate mix. And and I'm sitting here on my recliner. About a week ago, I I had some like before I went to bed, and and I had about a quarter of an inch back in the glass, and it was on the table. And somehow during the night, the glass went over and it hit the floor. It splattered all in front of the TV, and then it splattered up onto the TV screen. Uh, as I explained, it's, I, I think it's an Emerson. I'm not sure if it's if it is or not. I don't have the book on it. It was given to me the TV uh, about a year ago from my son, who brought it down from Pennsylvania in his van. It's a beautiful set. It must weigh three or four hundred pounds on wheels. Wow! So it's really old. It's really heavy, and the man, the manufacturer. You don't think maybe there's going to be any help with any cleaning tips on this? I have no idea. I don't have the book. Uh... So, look, with the Internet being what it is, what I'd first do is try to Google the set, see if there is uh, – you'd be surprised how many um, owner's manuals there are out for old appliances. I was looking, for example, last week. I have a, a phone system in my house, uh, and I had was looking for the manual on it because I needed to reprogram something, and it's like 10, 12 years old. Well, wouldn't you know it? I found it online. Piece of cake. People there. Apparently, there are people out there that do nothing but copy paper manuals and turn them into PDFs where you can find them online. So I'd first search for it online uh, or try to get in touch with the manufacturer because this is an unusual situation. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll see if I can uh, tie down the manufacturer. And that's the best way to try to get to the bottom of it and make the best decision on uh, what you can possibly use here. It, does this screen detach from the TV at all? Uh, if it does, uh, I don't know how. Okay. Well... I would start by trying to find the owner's manual, see if there's cleaning instructions there, get in touch with the manufacturer, and take it from there. Okay, Bill? Okay, I'll do that. I appreciate your call back, and uh, I'll follow up with that. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, do you have a sloped yard that perhaps makes landscaping a problem? Well, you won't have to worry if you add a retaining wall. We'll have tips on how to do this yourself next. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Chamberlain MyQ Garage. If you forget to close your garage door, it alerts your smartphone so you can control it from anywhere. Works with most garage door openers. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. And you'll get your name tossed into the hard hat for our giveaway this hour. We've got the Four Seasons of Clean prize pack from Zep Commercial, which features the Zep Quick Clean and other great Zep home cleaning products. Yeah, the Quick Clean Disinfectant is an all-purpose home cleaning product that you can use on most non-porous surfaces, and it's going to kill 99.9% of bacteria in only five seconds and kills most viruses in under two minutes, so it's perfect for your kitchen and your bathroom. Visit ZepCommercial.com to learn more. The number to call here is 1-888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your home improvement question.
Now we've got Jenny in Kentucky on the line with a tiling question. How can we help you? I wanted to know if I could put my ceramic tile right down on top of my linoleum because when I watch all those DIY shows, it looks like they put some type of uh, mat underneath the linoleum or underneath the tile. And so I thought I could save that step and just Mm, use No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) No, nice try, but no, not quite so easy. You have to put down a tile backer. And so you can, you know, you can put a tile backer down on top of the linoleum. You don't have to tear the linoleum out. Of course, it's all, it all builds up and it all counts in terms of thickness, but you have to put a tile backer down first. And then you could put the, uh, the tile on top, the, the ceramic tile on top of that. Okay. So, but I, but I don't need to tear it up. If you've got the clearance, Jenny, meaning in your kitchen or wherever you're putting this, you've got room, you know, with the toe kick of your counters, I mean, of your cabinets and your dishwasher and your refrigerator to add the extra thickness of that tile backer, the adhesive, and then the tile, then absolutely you can go right on top of the linoleum. But if it seems like, you know, that inch to two inches is going to get tricky, you might need to rip up what's there. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome, Jenny. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, have you ever spotted a good-looking backyard that makes you green with envy? Perhaps it's got some beautifully terraced landscaping, some retaining walls, or some raised planters with flowers and shrubs in full bloom? Well, you can have that professional look in your landscaping plan without a pro and without spending a boatload of cash. You just need the right products and a little guidance. That's right. That's where our sponsor, Pavestone, comes in. They've got a product called the Windsor Stone Retaining Wall System. It's a low-maintenance, easy-to-install wall block, which are really a beautiful solution for projects from gardens and tree rings to curved walls and terraces. Yep. And when you visit pavestone.com, you'll find detailed how-to videos with step-by-step installation instructions. I mean, basically what you need to do is prep the site, you prepare the base, you lay the stones. You First, you mark off the area with spray paint, which helps you kind of visualize what the space is going to look like. Then you stake out the area, you run a string for the height, use a string level. It's really pretty simple stuff. Yeah. And if your finished wall is going to be tall taller than three layers, that first layer should be completely buried. Now, if it's going to be less than three layers tall, only bury about two to three inches of that first layer of stone. You can dig out a trench, tamp down the area, and prepare the base by pouring some sand, then use a level to make sure that that base is even. And when laying the stones, you want to stagger them so that your joints don't line up. Yep, and your yard will be the envy of everyone. You can learn more about the Windsor Stone Retaining Wall System at pavestone.com. Now we're heading on over to Michigan where Roger's got a door problem. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Yeah, I have a mid-70s uh, ranch-style house that uh, has all maple doors on the interior. And we're just putting paint on here for the first time. It's been white all along, and I'm putting color into it, and these doors just don't look right. And I wondered what kind of uh, alternative I have to making them look different besides swapping them out for six panels or whatever and, you know, exchanging them all out. But I I don't want to go to that expense. Okay, so the doors are, are wood doors. And have they ever been painted before, or are they finished clear? No, they're finished uh, with maple from their maple, you know, press doors or whatever. Or I don't know what they called them back then. But and so you say they don't look right against the painted walls. Is that your concern? Oh, they might to somebody, but I just I'm, I'm doing the trim in, in bright white, and uh, I 
just doesn't look right with the colors on the walls and everything. Typically, you would not do the trim. The trim would be natural as well. Well, it would have been, yeah, but that's not how the house was originated. I, yeah, that would be a way to do is tr- change out the trim, but that's not. Well, that's a lot less work than changing out the doors, and you would have a lot of options if you were to change out the trim. So it may not look right to you because you have painted trim and you have uh, a, a clear finished door, but if the trim is really the missing perimeter to this that's going to frame it all in there nicely. Why don't you could do this? Why don't you go pick up a couple of pieces of trim and lightly tack them around the door without even taking off the old stuff? Just kind of stick it up there, step back, take a look at it, and see if it starts to make more sense to you visually. Uh, that's a good idea. All right, take small steps that way. And the other thing to keep in mind when you're doing a project like this, Gene, is just remember, once you paint, it's going to look different. So that's going to take a certain amount of getting used to. You're right about that also. All right. So I would go out and pick up some trim, tack it up there, see how it looks. Maybe try a complimentary color. You know, you could you could do a two-tone, something like that, and uh, and see if that does the trick for you, okay? Well, that's a good idea. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Still ahead, you enjoyed a summer of kicking back, and now it's time to get back on that DIY wagon. We're going to give you some fall fix-ups that you should be thinking about now after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is presented by Cabinets to Go, where you get premium quality cabinets for less. You dream it, they design it. And always 40% less than the big box stores. Visit them online at cabinetstogo.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now or post your question in the Money Pit's community section, just like Colin did. All right. And Colin writes, I'm putting my house on the market in a few months. It's in pretty good shape, and I'll be following all of the advice about cleaning and decluttering. I've got about $1,500 set aside for any additional improvements. My question is this. Should I use that money to fix up an aging deck? replace the kitchen counters with natural stone, or replace a bath vanity and sink that are dated and somewhat deteriorated. My deck is about 12 by 20, and I only have about 20 linear feet of kitchen counter space. 20 linear feet of kitchen counter space is going to be way over $1,500 if you're going with a natural stone. I mean, that's usually anywhere between $30 to $50 a linear foot um, installed, and that's you know, a, a conservative estimate, I think. Yeah, so I'll tell you what. I'm not sure I would rush out and do anything right now except for the cleaning and decluttering and perhaps painting. You want to make sure your house looks clean, looks neutral, so that a new buyer can appreciate having their stuff in that space. So I wouldn't think about maybe doing any repairs right now. I would just try to clean it up and make it look as good as you can because after the new buyer's home inspector comes in, uh, there may be some things that they want to request you do. In that case, you can fix them if they're repair-oriented. Now, in terms of the outside, I would spend some time fixing up that deck and making it look inviting. Because remember, outdoor living is really big with home buyers these days. So I think it's definitely worth taking some time to get in that space look good. And that's not going to cost you anywhere near 1500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, really, if you give your deck a good cleaning, clean up any sort of peeling paints, maybe put a new coat of finish on it once everything dries out, that could really be the boost there that makes the outdoor space look fantastic. If you have some money left over, if you spring for a couple of outdoor seating options, just to make it look cozy, that should do the trick. 
So the weather's cooling down, and your calendar's opening up, and you're looking around at everything that needs to be done before the winter chill sets in. Well, Leslie has some tips on weekend projects that make the most of September's mild temperatures in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, temperature-wise, September is the perfect month for tackling projects indoors and out. But you've got the whole month, so resist the urge to let Labor Day live up to its name. Use the holiday to just kick back, relax, but once Labor Day's over, game on. Now, the weekend after Labor Day is ideal for making sure that your water heater is good for hot showers all winter long. So to keep it running efficiently, you want to drain two gallons of water from your tank heater twice a year. Don't tackle this, though, without making sure the heater is not only powered off, but you give it a full hour to cool down. Then if you want, you head over to MoneyPit.com and search September Weekend Projects. We're going to give you a whole list of safety tips there. Now, by mid-September, your heating bills are right around the corner, and a fresh furnace filter is key to keeping those bills low and temperatures high. And if you haven't done so in a while, now is the time to get on a schedule. Furnace filters need to be changed monthly. Set an alarm, write it on the calendar. I don't care what form you use, just make sure it gets done. And since you're going to be closing those windows and doors for good, use the end of September to clean your house the natural way. Vinegar and water work great on windows and wood floors. Salt and baking soda, you can make a paste with that and you can use it as a scouring cleanser. Olive oil and lemon juice is a great chemical-free furniture polish. So get cleaning, get ready, because before you know it, we're going to be talking snow removal. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, is your old toilet wasting water with every flush? You can actually change it out for a more efficient model without calling a plumber. We'll have tips on replacing the toilet yourself on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.